Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of Tangible Tech. I'm Steve Sandy, and this podcast and my website, tangibletech.net, are all about science and technology from the standpoint of a ex-engineer and longtime techie. Now, like a lot of techies, I have a fascination with robots. And being one of the laziest people on the planet, I also get especially excited about home cleaning robots because I don't like to manually clean stuff. That's why when the first Roomba appeared on the market years ago, I spent the $400 or so to get one, and uh, I never looked back. Now, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the downside of most of today's home robotics and what I think it's going to take before these things are actually useful. Okay, let's talk about the most ubiquitous type of home robot. That's the home robot vacuum cleaner. Now, back in the day when I first got my uh, original Roomba, it had a ton of issues. To start off with, the originals had a tiny dust bin so that the Roomba would vacuum for maybe a few minutes and then it would complain that it was full and needed to be emptied. If a little dust or dirt or cat hair got stuck on one of the sensors, well, it might think that it was hanging over a cliff and just stop until I figured out where the dust was and cleaned it off. Sometimes I needed to clean every sensor on the device multiple times before it would turn on properly and trundle off to go do its work. Well, the next problem was that hair would wrap around the brush, which on the original model required you to actually use a screwdriver to remove the brush for cleaning. That meant taking the robot apart just about every time that I used it. Finally, the original Roomba used uh, what I think was a lead-acid battery that had horrible life, and it got worse quickly. You know, it started off fine being able to clean a room, but soon it would die halfway through a cleaning. So I finally coughed up money for extra battery packs and uh, I think an extra charger, too. Now, one thing that Roomba did that I still think was a good idea uh, with the original uh, was they had these little infrared towers or transmitters that allowed you to create a virtual wall and shut off areas that you didn't want to clean. Now, let's fast forward to my latest two robot vacuums. They're both made by a company called Ecovacs. Now, they're much less expensive than the Roomba models, and they've worked through some of the design issues, but they still have some annoying problems. Now, I love the fact that both models have dust bins that are big enough to clean multiple rooms before they need to be emptied. Now, that emptying process, by the way, is still manual. You have to pick up the bin or pull it out of the vacuum and empty it into a trash can yourself. A really smart robot vacuum would empty itself, which is something that Roomba just added to one of its robot vacuums. However, even there, you still need to empty the bin that the robot empties its bin into, although less frequently. Now, the one vacuum that I use for the upstairs part of our two-level house has its own set of problems. First, it's supposed to be able to start up, clean a room, and then return to its charging base. It does that um, maybe about 20% of the time, mainly because it usually has a very interrupted cleaning process. 
The vacuum seems to be afraid of the forced air heating vents in the floor. For some reason, it either thinks that it's over a drop and that the drop sensor uh, keeps it from uh, you know, going down a flight of stairs, decides that it should just stop, or it stays in that area for an unusually long time as if it's trying to get enough courage to uh, finish the job. Eventually, it makes a few plaintive beeps, and I have to go rescue it, usually by just picking it up and moving it a few inches, then letting it go on its way. Well, sadly, sometimes the damn thing will turn right around and get confused by the heating vent again. Now, the vacuum also has an issue with the half-inch high base that's on our cat's kitty condo. It's able to climb the base, but once it gets onto the base, it decides that it wants to stay there forever for some reason. Sometimes it looks like it's mating with the base of the kitty condo, which is really interesting to watch. It just kind of bumps away there and, uh, you know, never finishes. And like the heating vent problem, I sometimes have to break away from whatever I'm doing and rescue the vacuum when it gets stuck. Now, I don't understand why Ecovacs also doesn't give its vacuum some sort of electronic barrier to stop them from going into other rooms. Roomba has, or at least had, the infrared towers. One other uh, model of uh, vacuum that I had uh, for a while used magnetic strips that you could put on the floor. Now, what I usually need to do is instead either close doors or improvise barriers that the vacuums can run into. Both of the robot uh, vacuums still use some sort of random walk algorithm to clean a room. Some areas they will focus on for a half hour, while others are missed altogether. Recently, I wanted to vacuum our master and uh, bedroom suite, so I started up the robot with its iPhone app after closing the door to the bedroom. Well, it kept having issues with the cat condo and the heating vents, so I kept getting interrupted. That made me forget to close the door, and sure enough, the robot wandered out into the hall outside of the bedroom. Let's just say that it did a great job of cleaning my office floor and the hallways, and it sucked at cleaning three other rooms that it wandered into. Uh, in fact, one of the bathrooms it just rolled into and uh, then wandered back out. Well, the end result was that a full half of the master bedroom suite was unvacuumed when the battery finally ran out, and I had to clean that area the next day after corralling the robot into that area with a barrier made out of pillows. Now, one of the two vacuums can also be used as a wet mop. You fill a little tank, you attach a small pad to the bottom of the robot, and it vacuums and it mops. And I have to admit, it works pretty well doing that, although I find that it sometimes needs to run a uh, full two cycles to really do a decent job of mopping a floor. Now, all robot vacuums seem to have the same problem of being round pegs in square rooms, so corners are usually missed. Sure, they have side brushes that are supposed to gather up the corner and side dust and stuff, but I can usually count on them not doing their job properly. Why not make a square robot that can actually get into corners? I'm sure somebody has done this, but it should be the standard design. Most of the robot vacuums I've used over the years still ha also have the problem of not always being able to stop when they go over a ledge. 
We have a sunken living room that's about six inches below the rest of the floor on that level, and I'll often hear a loud bang when the vacuum decides to end it all and jump down to the next level. Fortunately, it sometimes decides to vacuum the living room when it gets down there. Other times, it just stops, apparently dazed by the fall. So, what's the primary issue with robot vacuums? Well, battery life is much better than it used to be. Uh, They're now integrated with our smartphones and other devices, and yeah, a lot of other things are a lot better. But they still need too much human supervision. Now, the ads for these things show people off on vacations or hard at work or out sitting near the swimming pool with a robot cleaning up everything while they're away. And I'd say that that's possible in about 20% of all situations. What you'd really need is a house with very few obstacles and one type of floor covering, preferably tile or hardwood. Now, as it is, each time I set my robots to work, I usually need to move chairs around so they can clean under tables. I have to pick up cat toys so it doesn't start dragging one or more of them around. And I still need to empty the dustbin at the end of each cleaning cycle. Fortunately, those can now be up to like 90 minutes long thanks to the lithium polymer batteries they're putting in these things. Now, what could help this? Well, how about some real intelligence in these devices? I think Ecovax has one model that allegedly maps each room and all of the obstacles before figuring out how to clean it most efficiently. But that type of intelligence or more should be built into all of robot vacuums. If a really intelligent vacuum existed, it would ask me if a particular obstacle, like my heating vents, was a true problem or not. And I could tell it, hey, just ignore that. Go ahead and go over that thing. And I could tell it to stop humping the kitty condos, and it would actually learn. And 100% of the time, it would dump its dust into the trash can and return to the charging base. I'd like for it to be able to follow a schedule with locations, like Monday, clean the entryway. Tuesday, clean the dining room and halls. Wednesday, wet mop the kitchen floor. Thursday, clean the family room floor, paying special attention to that area that's next to the kitty litter box. Friday, clean up the laundry room floor. If it could do all of this after a one-time setup, be small enough to not require movement of chairs, and actually get into the corners of each room, I'd be a happier guy than I am right now. Now, one of the blessings or curses, it depends on your uh, point of view there, of being a tech blogger is that, uh, well, I get a lot of robots to review. And Ecovax finally sent me one of its WinBot X window cleaning devices to review. Now, yeah, it's actually a window cleaning robot. It's actually pretty amazing. It's a robot that sticks onto a window with air pressure from a suction blower. It's got a safety line to keep it uh, from falling and smashing itself onto the ground if that suction is removed. And it has washable cleaning pads and a set of squeegees to keep the clean window streak free. It sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Well, I have to admit that I haven't cleaned our house's windows in a long time, so I probably gave the WinBot one of the hardest chores it's ever had to face. 
but I can see some big de design flaws or compromises in the WinBot X. Now on the plus side, it's square, so it can actually clean corners. That's really smart, because most windows are square. But once again, it's kind of dumb in terms of how it actually cleans a window. Now, if I was going to manually do this, uh, what I would do is probably take a sponge out and I'd sponge down with sudsy water the entire window, you know, in just some sort of random pattern. But then I would take a squeegee and I would go from top to bottom, top to bottom, top to bottom, just moving across the window as I did that. Now, what happens here is that... Uh, this is pretty dumb. Allegedly, it's supposed to use either an N pattern up and down where it would go up and then kind of go sideways a little bit down to the next or to the bottom of the window and then go back up. A Z pattern where it does the same side to side or a combination of the two if you really wanted a full cleaning. Well, the safety line uh, is stuck to the window with a small vacuum puck. And it seems like that interrupts the cleaning pattern whenever the WinBot runs into it. Now, for some reason, the WinBot would just stop sometimes, assuming that it had completed a cleaning a window when it actually had a lot of window to go. The biggest issue? Well, once again, it's the human intervention that's required. Now, to start, you need to make sure that the window you want to clean is either already clean enough for the robot and the safety line to uh, stick to, or you have to clean a small area for both the robot and the safety line uh, cup there. Now, hell, if I'm already going to need to clean part of a window manually, I ought to clean the entire thing. Now, for some reason, Ecovax decided not to use any sort of onboard water bin to keep the cleaning pads damp. So you were told to spritz each of them uh, eight times all around to get them damp enough to clean the window. Now, the first time I did this, the pads were bone dry by the time I was done, meaning that the last minutes of cleaning were probably a lot less intense than they should have been. I sprayed more cleaning solution on the pads the next time around, and then the rubber tracks that it uses to move itself around the window started slipping so that the motion of the robot was pretty erratic. Now, a bit of intelligence would help here, too. On the big window that I was trying to clean, the robot should have traveled to one edge, turned 90 degrees, traveled to the next edge, and so on until it knew the borders of the window. Then it should have started in one corner and cleaned the entire thing from end to end. Instead, that damned safety puck seemed to interrupt it. The robot is attached to the safety puck with a tether, and can't the two communicate that, hey, I'm here at this particular location, so... I'll just uh, clean right around you, and then I'll uh, continue on my merry way. Instead, it just kind of wanders off in another direction, usually someplace that's already cleaned. Now, sticking a multi-pound robot to a window takes a lot of power, and the one window I was trying to clean during my review, well, it's probably four feet by six feet in size. It's not that big. But between trying to clean the outside of the window twice and getting the inside of the window once, it ran totally out of battery power, so I have a half-clean window inside. Now, even after all of these weird experiences with robot vacuums and now robot window cleaners, one thing I've always really wanted to try is a robot lawnmower. 
Well, between the initial cost of most of them and my experience with how dumb other home robots are, forget it. Every robot lawnmower I've seen requires an active wire barrier to fence it in. Uh, it's kind of like one of those uh, invis invisible pet fences uh, where you basically bury a wire around the uh, property line. Uh, it's kind of uh, set up uh, so that you do that, you bury the line and you attach it to a transmitter and then the robot lawnmower won't go wandering down the street. Well, people I've talked to who have had these things say that at least once or twice a year they get a break in the wire or the transmitter fails or some other issue that causes the robot to trundle off onto sidewalks or other landscaping. Who needs the headache of keeping that maintained? Once again, why not use some sort of vision system or AI to be able to recognize the border of a yard optically and stay within that yard? Now, no robot lawnmowers have bins to catch grass. Uh, basically, what you're going to do is have a mulching mower, and that's not a problem. Now, they all like cutting shorter grass, so you'll still need to have a traditional lawnmower to cut things down prior to your first mow of the season. Now, most of these uh, robot mowers are designed to wander aimlessly until they've hopefully trimmed an entire area, then they return to their charging base. They'll also apparently do that if it starts raining. Now on the plus side, you'll always have a nicely mowed lawn since most of these uh, suggest mowing every day or two so that things don't get too shaggy and difficult for the lawnmower. But once again, I see some real issues due to the lack of intelligence. Would you really trust a mower with a wire fence uh, if you left on vacation for a few months? You know, what's to keep a curious kid or a thief from walking over and picking up the mower if you're not around? Now, allegedly, most models have alarms that warn somebody to put me down, you know, but a thief is probably going to laugh, particularly if he or she knows that they can get a lot of money for a wireless robot or excuse me, a robot lawnmower. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from robot lawnmowers, even though they've really come down in price uh, since the uh, original ones came out about 10 years ago. Well, the final word on home robotics. Well, after your... Uh, you know, listening here to uh, my complaints about a lot of these, you probably think, geez, I better forget those. Or maybe you don't have the problems with robot uh, vacuums that I seem to. But, you know, what I see is that these are really helpful in certain cases. And I, I really do love the fact that I can, with a minimum of manual interference, usually get my carpets and floors vacuumed nicely while I'm doing something else. But all home robotic... Uh, systems at this point really suffer from one problem, being too dumb. Only until the manufacturers can give these devices the smarts and uh, some sort of optical sensors to know where they are, how clean the surface they're on already is, and to get them to run repeatedly and totally autonomously for a few months without any uh, human intervention, will they become a lot more useful. Now, the Winbot X I'm not complaining, but it takes a lot, you know, you know, because it does take a lot of the arm work out of cleaning windows, but it needs to be less intrusive and less, uh, you know, nagging of my time than it is.
I'd love to hear stories from listeners about your home robotics trials and tribulations. So if you can, and uh, you're listening on Anchor.fm, be sure to leave a voice message. As always, be sure to tell your friends about Tangible Tech, both the podcast and the website at tangibletech.net. If you really like this podcast, consider donating a little bit of money to the cause through the Anchor podcast app. Until next time, this is Steve Sandy. Watch out for those robots, will you?